podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Let's fucking shout out the winner. He's still top of the table. He's top of the table like pretty much all season. Anton Johansson. Anton Johansson, we have a special fireside chat pod coming up. Maybe in a couple weeks we'll put it out with an interview with the uh, 45th overall Anton. Yeah, let's do it like next week or something. Wow. Yeah, next week. Last pod of the season, really. Postmortem pod. Postmortem pod. We just fresh off the championship final. Captain everyone against Huddersfield Town next year. Yeah, they're not going to be good. <laughs> they're not going to do it. But if they have Danny Ward, for now, maybe he'll cost four million and be be our Pickford next year. Yeah, maybe. So finished up the season. How did it go for you? Yeah, I mean, I I fucked it off. <laughs> I I went rogue. Like I stopped. I don't know at what point in the season I kind of gave up, probably when I was still like over 300K and like game week 30 or something. But so I took the 16 point hit in game week 37 for the doubles and I went up and then I continued with the madness and took an eight point hit in game week 38, trying to just like salvage any respectability. And so I ended up on a red arrow. But, you know, it's like stupid. I didn't captain Kane because. I wanted to captain a differential, but obviously, as I wrote in lineup lambs, like there was no one else really to captain and shit like that. But you know, 160k, very unhappy with that final rank. Um, I think I could do a lot better if I fuck around less and follow the herd a little bit more and take less hits. But it was a fun season. How about you? Yeah. Um... I finished up 16k for the for the second straight season. It was 16k last year. Really? Yeah, I I uh, it's like four or five hundred places higher than I finished than I was last year. Whoa, so that's weird. Yeah, it's very strange. So overall, I don't know. I mean, pretty okay, I guess, on that. But I really don't feel too good if I'm outside the top 10k with the amount that you know we put into it. So hopefully, I can learn some lessons from this year. And take it into next season and try and cement top 10K throughout the season and have a better year. Yeah, it's like I've been playing since 2012, but I'm having to like re, like doing the pod is is making the game different. (laughs) I play the game differently with the pod. I have to like midway through the season, I can't just like fucking fuck off and finish 500K because I don't care anymore. So it's like yeah. I need to buckle down and I think one thing that I texted you is just always remember that no matter how sexy a punt is, green arrow is always the most fun best thing. Yeah, you always want the greens. That's it. I mean like That's you can it. take your punts here and there and they feel really good, but if you're just with the herd and just going up steadily every week, like that's the most fun shit. Yeah, Green Arrows is the reason why we play the game is to try and finish as high as possible. So yeah, even though your punt might get you know an assist or a goal, it doesn't mean that it's a better pick necessarily than the mainstream template type guys like Josh King. And that's the story of my season. I mean, there's so many weeks where I'd have a really good game week rank because I had a lot of differentials and they would come through. But then the next like two weeks or something like that, I would just get severely punished and just guys that like neither of us owned all year just like hazard mccauley kyle walker all come through and like our captain blanks and that just means just massive red arrow you know yeah and just Um, really for no reason other than like our own loyalties and guys we just hate or love or we're just too emotional yeah, I think that's we definitely may be a little too emotional about it, but that's also part of the way to have fun. I think we could kind of toe the line, but 
I mean, I think a good place to start off is just takeaways from the season because I think this is the first pot all year that I've actually like, written stuff down for. Oh, wow. I barely have anything written down. I can't wait to hear about roll, it. Roll reversal. But yeah. did, did we have any questions about takeaways or well, yeah, we I just think, get into it? Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of fan questions. Thank you for sending it in. I mean, thank you to all our fans all year. Love you guys. Um, but at Mr. Luke Benson on Twitter said, you learn any big lessons this year about how you fundamentally approach the game? So I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because looking at my season and your season together, the time we started to really start getting reds and plummeting is the minute we started to take hits. The I mean, absolute for, second we started That's the exact hits. time when we started I didn't take a hit up. until game week 14. And I was yeah. sub 100k like almost that entire time, and then <laughs> then I just dropped like a fucking stone. Yeah, my first hit this year was game week 15, and before then I was 18k, and then I just started dropping like fucking nightmare every week. And I think staying true to that all season is that clearly we failed that test this year because before the season started this year we were very big on not taking hits, as evidenced by us not taking hits for three months. Yep. But we kind of, I feel like we both just get antsy and then we're like, we need to make a drastic move to try and climb up, break That's on, the thing. break we in. Get, we get so antsy and we get so, we get so obsessed with like a, a guy or something, yeah. you know, and or we're two just guys like, or yeah, the money works and, out perfectly yeah, for this ways, triple we swap. Just, we obsess over hating a guy on our actual team and we obsess over loving a guy that's not on our team and that just drives us insane. Yeah, I mean, we do it every year. I honestly, every like year. last year when we got rid of Mares early because we thought it was time and yeah. it just destroyed us. It's like and, game week nine or something. Yeah. He scored a goal like every other week. Yeah, and this year it's the same thing. I think we really need to be a lot more measured and tempered in our point hits and stay true because realistically if it's game week 18 or 19 and we're in the like 20k region like that's fantastic that's and you don't need incredible. to do anything insane to you know to climb you just need to stay the course stay the course so, use your chips well yeah exactly yeah, well chips that's another category that we'll get to but i think that's the that's been the number one takeaway for me this year has been how bad i started doing once i started taking hits so next yeah, year I mean, i'm going to uh, one way that like i feel like I mean, obviously, we know that four points is... I, I just feel like what I'm trying to say is we think of the four points as kind of a short... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't have shit right, written down, clearly. No, I like just woke up an hour ago. I'm about to go like talking head guy on that. That was a weird transition. <laughs> but like four points, we think of it as like a short-term hit that we need to make up in one or two weeks. And that's a fine way to think about it. But when you look at the end of the season, what four points really means, it's like it's a lot of places. It's like 10,000 places for me yeah. at my rank. You know, places. So like if you were to take that in consideration midway through the season, when we started taking hits, like in game week 14, if I had, well, maybe next season in game week 14, when I'm getting antsy as fuck, I'll think about it more and be like, yeah, this guy might be better than the guy that I have on my team, but is that worth 10,000 places of risk? And it's almost always no. Yeah, unless if you're removing an injured zero player, that's a tough that's thing. That's a we big, need, we big need a, difference. And we need to check each other too because we get carried away and then we talk each other into it. But it's we Yeah, we kind of like, yeah, we prod it. each other into like dumb yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, you love that guy. Yeah. Um, all right, so yeah, I mean that's the number one for me, and then I think maybe we could go into the chips because I think now that we've had two years of chips under our belt, I think it's very, 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 very clear that they should not be dictating the way we play the game, and they should be just thought they should be looked at as an afterthought because they are so invaluable when you look at the grand scheme of thirty-eight game weeks and all of the wild. I mean, the main chips are the wild cards. Like Those are the chips that matter. The bench Those boost, are the by the, far best chips. Wild card. Yeah, I mean, they're not even chips. They're just wild card. They're in a different camp for me. But the triple captain is, you know, if you hit it, great. Maybe you'll get an extra 17 points or something, which is or significant. Or 700 points if you did it well this year. Yeah, but, but, you know, or you miss and you get an extra five points or six points or whatever. Like, either way, it's, it's not a huge swing. I mean, playing consistently and smartly throughout the season is more important than 
hitting on your triple captain. Same thing with the bench boost. I mean, if you don't have good players on your bench when you bench boost, then you're probably not going to get a lot of points. I mean, I had I bench boosted this year into four points. It was a disaster. And I think saving the wild card for that second double game week worked out for me hugely because I flew the last you know four or five game weeks of the season, but I didn't come away much the good by using my bench boost and saving it until then. So I think next season I'm very strongly considering using the bench boost after my first wild card because after I use my first wild card is when I'm really planning my squad and I'm going to have like good fourth and fifth defenders and I'm going to have you know a decent I'm going to have a playing second goalkeeper and all that shit right, because not I'm planning spending for, all your money on the 11 for the double. Yeah, for the double and then having auxiliary pieces of shit. So I th- and like maybe I'm going to try and look at that window within the next 3 weeks after my wild my first wild card and usually between game week 3 and game week 9 or something's when I usually play it and then see if I have some fixtures line up nicely and and maybe use it then. That way it kind of gets it out of my head for obsessing about what I'm doing towards the double game weeks and I can maybe focus a little bit more on my 11. And also I think I, I always have a better squad in the beginning of the season than towards the end when I'm really trying to put all my money in the pitch. So that's something I'm definitely going to be looking at next season. It also kind of allows you more room to chase. Like say... You use all your shit early, like you're talking about, but towards the end of the season, you're around like 15K and you're shooting for top 10K. You can maybe, by spending more money on your pitch, do some different things than what the template people are doing who are wildcarding. I don't know. It's interesting. It Like, when I look at Scott's series down the rabbit hole with Scott, like, it obviously was a fucking disaster for him. His shadow team finished, like, 10,000 places higher than his real team or something like mm-hmm. that, where he uses wildcard early in actual life, like I did. But what I took away, and I think I talked about this last pod or two pods ago, is that I do still think bench boost is best on Gaming 37, even though it didn't really work out that well this year, just because, as we always say, just getting two, two dips, two bites of the apple you have more chance of a return from a bench guy. But we have to focus on getting probably better bench guys next <laughs> next year. Uh, yeah, but see, that's just... the issue is that you know you want to do it. But then I'm looking at it at the two weeks where if I'm going to compromise on my you know third midfielder and fourth midfielder or something to like spread the money around more, I want to have better players in Gaming 38 this year. You know, And I had a really good Gaming 38, and that was part because I had all this you money invested on my 11. Pitch. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's there hard. are two ways to look at it like that, which is why I also feel like if I wasn't considering the bench boost at all, maybe I would have even picked a better team with my wild card, or maybe I would have used it you know, in 34 instead, and I would have had been better off towards the end of the yeah, season. Well, saving it for 36 to use it on 36, you know what I mean? Yeah, that kind count, of stuff? counterintuitively to Scott's thing, and I, again, said this earlier in the season, but if I had to do my second half of the season over again, I would have wild carded in like game week 20 or something like that. Like, that's when I was, like, really just, for, let's see, from game week 17 to game week 34, I changed 1,000 places. Yeah, that's, that's not great. I was just 220. I was just, like, 220 or above that whole period. And I was just, like, fucking saving my wild card, saving my wild card, bench boost, bench. You know, I would have used my wild card, the most powerful game-changing thing that we have at our disposal, to change my team and hopefully change my trajectory upward and then probably still save my bench boost but saving wildcard for the end of the season it just doesn't make that much sense unless of course you're flying and then you shouldn't even use wildcard in any way yeah. but well, you know it, it's both depends on your squad realistically it also. depends on if everyone's you situation you know, but, and i'm not saying that this is the right way or this is the wrong way that's an impossible thing to say and that's naive but i what i'm saying is i think flexibility is something i did, was not having at all this season which will segue into the next thing I want to talk about, but it's just the rigidity of like didn't even consider for a second that I was not going to do wild card bench boost for the big double game week. And this year or for next season, I'm definitely going to be thinking more open mindedly, just because the chips are not that powerful. The wild card is powerful, and maybe I would have been better off using my wild card a few weeks earlier than I did. Um, 
So I think that's just something I think yeah. is I think it's good, good to be flexible to and know away. how powerful or not powerful they can be. And I, yeah. I mean, like much of fantasy, all fantasy sports, there's so much luck involved. Yeah, you like I know if you luck. nailed your triple captain this year and got fucking eight goals from Kane or something, that's amazing. But like, you're not going to do that every year. Most no. times, you're not going to do that. You have to remember yeah. that. Yeah. So last thing I want to talk about is formation because yeah, you're the, hitting all these fan questions. This is beautiful. Okay, because the formation. I've never not played three four three since I've played fantasy in my career. This is my fourth season playing FPL, and I think that was my next to being such a nightmare bench boost and taking hits was the other thing that fucked me. Is I think three five two this year really opened my eyes up to what advantages we have playing the game versus maybe the casual. When I'm looking at the player pool for the third striker, right, the budget striker guy, you know, under eight, this season you have a rotating bunch of, you know, maybe five guys that we're looking at. Defoe, who is really the only good guy, even though it was only for half the season. Austin had a little period. Dini was always kind of in there. Rondon was in there. But all of these guys realistically are pretty bad. They're very, very bad. And FPL really has priced the players correctly now that everyone that's good is really in that premium bracket. So you have about 12 or so, 13 or so teams that you're looking at their striker, basically, because the top team strikers are all priced too highly. And all those teams are bad, and all their strikers are maybe not even the best attacking fantasy option on their team. And if everyone else in the game, for the most part, plays 3-4-3, you're dealing with the same limited player pool as everyone else for that spot. We're very intense, and we're insane about every little stat and every little fucking thing. And when you look at kind of the midfielders in that mid-priced or lower bracket and how many of them every season emerge to be better. Every season. It's Ramsey, then Mares, then King, and Zahai. Every Every single season, they get priced up, and then... There's a new batch of or a new wave that slips under the radar, and those are the players that yep. kick on, and that's where we as hardcore FPL players make our money. So I think I'm going to look hard at what the player prices look like, but I don't really want to go into next season with you know some reason, some pretty poor six and a half, seven and a half third striker from a promoted side or someone on Burnley or whatever, just because they have three good fixtures in the opening four. When realistically, I think that mining the midfield options throughout the league with a much more vast player pool, with a lot more opportunity to hit on some good guys, is maybe something that we could take better advantage of as hardcore FPLers. So three five two, I think I'm going to give a I'm I'm going to try my very hardest to abandon my old ways and and go for it at game week one next year. Um, it'll depend on the player prices, I'm sure, but I, I'm starting to really think that I want to try it out at least. Yeah, we just we need there to be like an Anichibi or something like that. Someone who's nailed would be ideal, you know, in the four, five, five million range to yeah, enable see that, that. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that is the main issue, right? Because with three, four, three, we always will find a nailed four or five midfielder. There's no question. There's a million. However, of them. Def- Every there's team always, has yeah. One. But finding someone that's under a five five who's plays as a third striker is a lot more difficult. Yeah, so I tough. think they're usually like a rotational cog or something yeah. like that. So I think the one thing that you do need to do if you do three five two, at least initially before that whoever that player is comes comes away, is investing a little bit more in fourth and fifth defense because you're yeah, gonna to need to rely yourself. on them. Because if you're gonna get an attacker that's really cheap and is in and out of the side or not nailed at first, you're gonna need to have someone to cover yourself. So that makes it a little tougher, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up. And I know, um, what's his name? Mark at FFS was 352 for like most of the season. He's like top 1K or something. But um, also on that site that I sent you, it's a new PLA.net, A N E W P L A.net. You can put in your like FPL ID and get all these stats and shit. We both majority played 343, three, but you played 352. Wild card for four times. A couple times it was for injury, though. The, I didn't set my team up for three five two until I wild carded in thirty six. Right. Well, according to this, you played it four times, whether it was yeah, injury yeah. or not, and right, you right. averaged twenty points higher than when you played three four three. 
And I also played three five two four times, and I averaged ten points higher than when I played three four three. Yeah, you know, it's not all telling because of yeah, it's a small sample. But small sample, but it's it, it was well. really good for both of us. We kind of yeah. just both went in there and then abandoned it. <laughs> yeah, and it's also looking at game week one when you know Kane's going to be thirteen, thirteen to fourteen this year, and he's going to be you know the first name in. You're going to have to build your team around him. All of the premium strikers are going to be so expensive. Like Aguero will be like ten, Jesus will be ten, all those fucks will be around ten yeah, at Ibra, least. Ibra, all those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah and what's well, Kane going to be? Fourteen or something? <laughs> yeah, actual. But yeah, but it's just it's tough to. You could still go, you know, heavy with three big strikers, and maybe Vardy will be nine or eight and a half as your third striker. But then you have a big cut at midfield and then you you only got maybe one premium midfielder and then you got to have two budget Yeah, I just guys. yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I don't like the shape as much going like the heavy 3. And it's and much easier to rotate in and out one forward, you know, if like Jesus stops scoring and I don't know, I'm making up names, Costa is informed, like that's an that's a simple swap. Whereas midfielders like King pops up out of nowhere. Zaha pops up out of nowhere. You want to like be shifting around your midfielder, like you said, with a much bigger player pool. There's a lot more moves to be made among midfielders. I mean, the amount of transfers I spent this year on my third striker slot and the amount of Dude, blanks I got out of my third striker slot out of control. Like I had my best third striker this season was Crouch. Actual, like he was oh, the player that I far. remember when I got him and he fired for me for a few weeks. Yeah, that was the best. Digit. Yeah, and then I had a little luck with Benteke late on, but by and large, I spent so many transfers. I got so many blanks out of that spot, and like you say. In years past, I always feel like they they maybe were mis, mispricing players, and maybe there were always kind of a backup who a backup on a top team striker who would come in because there was an injury ahead of him or something like mm-hmm. that. Where we always had a couple of good options, but they're pricing the players a little more accurately, I think, making it a little more difficult for the strikers. And there's just a lack of quality in strikers for the lower sides. It's yeah, we both is, we like, both had Chaz and he died. We both had Rashford. Oh. I had everyone Ronda Rousey. The you had Defoe for like what ten straight blanks. Yeah, and he, you and Antonio yeah. Hansen. Yeah, but I always throughout the season wanted midfielders that I didn't have, and on the opposite side of the spectrum, I never wanted any of the third strikers yeah. that I was looking you at. Just, they're just like you're just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. Basically, when you're bringing yeah. in some fuck on like West Brom, when you're bringing in Ronda and Rousey. You're, what are you doing with your life? You need to look yeah. at look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm ha- I have this player right now on my team yeah. instead so, of fucking Zaha. So instead again, I mean, I'm not team. saying similar to when to wild card or the chips. I'm not saying that three four three is bad and three five two is good. I mean, four three three might be great if all these wing backs come in or whatever. Yeah, true. But I think it's again just being flexible and. I keep getting rigid thoughts that I can't do this because it's going to fuck my team setup. But realistically, you're always a double switch away from moving from three four three to three five two, or you know four three three to three four three, or whatever. So I think that's kind of what I'm trying to drive at throughout the theme is just to be flexible next season and not be so stuck in these you know yeah. I think, I think it was a very very early pod. I dropped the uh, flexibility is the key to stability. It was maybe even yeah. the name of the pod, but. When we were good. When we were back it. then, when we were young and uh, smart. Um, right, the other thing some... also, okay, last thing about 3-5-2 is when you get fucking clean sheet point from midfielders just looking at the points of the game, like defenders are the least valuable because they get negative points for their best Built attribute. In. Built in negative points. Like Midfielders get an extra point for a goal compared to strikers. And they get a clean team point for doing absolutely nothing. And if you go with 38 extra starts of a midfielder and say you hit on 12 or 13 clean sheets out of that fifth mid spot, that's like a bench boost. Like you're basically giving yourself another chip almost of just free points. And that also, I feel like, is a little bit of an overrated thing just because it's like, oh, one point. Yeah, one point, yeah. Or underrated, rather. But. It adds up. I mean, if you take 38 shots at that point throughout the season, if you think of, oh, if I got 13 extra points because I got 13 clean sheets out of my fifth midfielder, 
that's a big amount of that's a huge amount of points. Yeah, if you go to that site again that I just said earlier and just look at like your most played players throughout the season, like my most played midfielders are like Alexis, Firmino, Ali, and shit. They they got a lot of cleans for me. Alexis got eight cleans for me. Ali got eight cleans for me. Firmino got six cleans for me. That's yeah, a, lot a lot of, of fucking points. points. And I get like right, your fourth or fifth mid, you're gonna it'll be a little cheaper, so probably not on a top side like a Spurs or yeah, a Liverpool. But, but even still, queens. yeah, you, those are those points add up. So I'll oh, know last thing there. So where do you want to go? Yeah, next? I like that. I I feel like we should just rapid fire through some fan questions and then okay. uh, call it a day. At just starting says player from this season, you would never buy an FPL again moving forward. I think it's gonna be hazard for me, honestly. Are you serious? Yeah, I think I need to just like stop bothering because it's the most impossible thing to judge when he's going to go on a hot run and when he's going to go on a cold run. Like this season towards the end of the year is the most telling thing of his life is that he has three games where he has like two double digit hauls and a return and he looks amazing. And then the next four games, he has zero shots on target. And that's what he does every single season. He always finishes with 200-plus points, but I don't have the patience to hold him for a prolonged period of time. I will never captain him. He's definitely not a captaincy option. Yeah, he's a very and I just, captain. And I just don't know when he's going to play well. And for those reasons, priced at over $10 million each season... I don't like that. I don't, and I also don't like him. Like, I you don't sound like a shark. Him. You sound like a Shark Tank guy right now. Oh, and for that well, reason, I'm out. Fucking fuck you. <laughs> but fucking Hazard, dude, he Madden infuriates me more than any other player in FPL, and it's been like that forever since I've started playing. Basically, yeah, he's always. But been I think this, that way. yeah, this season came to a head. I also just don't like rooting for him. Like I don't like him, and. I don't think I'm going to go into him next year. And he fucked me so hard at the end of the season, throughout the season. Like, he was the main, my main nemesis all year. Yeah, the game week 37 double, transfer him out, then he scores. Uh, that just I mean, burns so many people. Yeah, it's, and that, that had been consistent. I think I've owned him on three separate occasions this year. And every single time I get him right after a couple good games and then he goes cold or I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I have a completely different view of Hazard, which is like I'm probably going to have him in my team to start and never get rid of him. But that's oh, off really? topic. To answer the question, my guy would probably be like Gaston Ramirez slash Red- Redmond slash yeah Redmond Stounge and like Ben Mee or something like guys that were just I mean, Ben Mee got me two negative points this season. <laughs> And he had so many clean sheets. Like, I missed all of his cleans and only got negative points from him. And Gaston is a weird, like, sexy guy who always lures me into something stupid. And then, I mean, well, not he, again. He's not just, anymore. He's horrible. He's, yeah, he's not coming back into the prime anytime he's soon, I don't think. Very bad. Well, doesn't Southampton still own him, I think? Do they really? I feel like they loaned him, but I don't know. Mm. Just some, yeah. some myths. Um, that's a good question. Um, Coutinho is tough this year too. Yeah, the injury really fucked him over. Yeah, he just kept dying, and I remember I had Mane and Firmino instead of him when he was doing well, even though I was matching points. But I never really had him for. You never had the halls. I mean, it was really, I guess, a very brief spell where he came into it between kind of game weeks. Like I'm looking at it, like game week five, game week six, when he fired, and then he got injured game week thirteen. So it was really only about six or seven games, and then he didn't really pick it back up. He ended the season really the se- strong. Yeah, he did end the season really strong. You're right, from like game week thirty. But yeah, so, it seemed like I mean, Scott tough. was tough this year. Scott was really shouting this out. Like when he came back off the injury, and everyone was like, "Ah, oh, he doesn't really look good." Scott was the first one to DM me on Twitter and just be like, he's 100% still injured. Like, ankle takes way longer than this. They rushed him back. And yeah, he and blanked he for, like, two five, months straight. Six games or so, yeah. Yeah. So. And then he started doing better, but he was, yeah. Yeah, he was a tough one. He was tough. Um, mm-hmm. At Johnny2607 says, worst transfer of the season. What's your worst transfer of the season? Chaz Austin for me. I brought him in, and then he dies. Yeah, Austin was bad. I have to say, though, I was looking through my season and I just couldn't believe. I kept looking at every week. I had Jordi Amat from game week one to game week 36. 
No way. Yeah, I had him in my game week one team. No way. I kept way. him in my first wild. I had him until my second wild card. I'm looking at it. Yep, he's your number got, one player benched. Like yeah, I got you benched I mean, him 32 out of 38 weeks. <laughs> Like, I got him off the bench for like maybe two points all year, something like two separate indi- in, like times where he got one point. And I just cannot believe that I had him all year. He It really did hamstring me because I didn't really need to rely on my fifth defender to start him, but there were so many times where I had Holobos and him as my fourth and fifth defenders where I unexpectedly get Holobos off the bench where he when he has a bad fixture or something. And that was another thing I was thinking of for next season to try and have a four or five reasonable fifth defender just in case I can play with my bench order because it did happen, I think, this year more than most in, rem- in memory that I got some unexpected players off my bench. So I think I'm going to maybe work a little more towards being disciplined and having better options on the bench. But I think Ahmad, I mean, Ahmad was a nightmare for me. Yeah, it'd be then- so nice to have like a good... Not even a good defender, a player on a pretty good team as your fourth defender. That would yeah, be like it's such just a like delight. Ben Davies. It's just so tough to fit in like a five million player there or something. But it like might that, be you know? worth it. It's hard to say. Yeah, it might be. I mean, especially if I'm going to be looking at three five two, I might need to. Yeah, if I'm not going to yeah. have a reliable third forward to come off the bench. But. Yeah. Um, other than Amat, though, I mean, I did start with Volscheid, who was, didn't make didn't make many points before he went to Germany. <laughs> I was thinking of the three seasons. just got God. straight fucking uh, transferred of, out. Instead of having Peters, who was just great for like three or four months. I was with and like everyone had Peters, and you were oh, like, yeah, no, nah, I'm going like, to go with uh, Volscheid. I was like, oh, producer Nate, I like you. I'm going to go with your guy. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, awesome is bad, too. But then the, the last thing I was looking at was really my cheap fourth mid option I did not hit at all this season. I had kind of like Chan, Gunduan situations mm. that were really, really bad for me for like a couple months, not for too short of a period. I didn't really hop on like Joe Allen when he was doing good. Or and King. That, yeah, King, I mean, forever. You never I had just him, didn't, right? Yeah, I didn't have him all season. Yeah, I just didn't really hit anyone back when I was trying to build my team value and until I really put a lot more money in midfield when I was shopping in that sub six million price bracket for my fourth mid, I was having some trouble. So yeah. that might be also a warning sign for next year if that's gonna be my fifth mid and I can't pick them this year. It'll <laughs> fucking be Let's terrible again next year. What about you? Um funny enough my two worst transfers were Kane and KDB. Those are, I was looking at my season as a whole. Like, what were my two darkest periods of the season where I just dropped a lot and never really recovered? And the first one was middle of the season. Like, I brought Kane in game week 15, four, game week 15, 16, 17, when, when everyone, me, you, Derek, we all captained him. And he blanked back to back. He blanked all three of those, actually. And I captained, captained him in two of the three. And in that period, Ibra got three straight double-digit hauls, and I didn't have him. I had Kane instead. And then, to make it worse, similar with the KDB situation, I I then rage transferred out Kane, and he got six goals in his next four game weeks. Yeah, that Watford game. Yeah, so don't ever transfer Kane out, basically, is is that. He's fit. I mean, that's when yeah. he's fit. You just got to, if you don't own him when he's fit, you're just not going to have a good It's time. a suicide. But yeah, that was a nightmare. Just dropping so much because of like Ali Erickson Ebra points I wasn't getting and then transferring him out and not getting the Kane points. Right, right, right. Yeah, Ebra, like Costa, Lukaku, all of them, like shifting them in and out was very difficult. It was year. a frustrating year with them. Yeah. And then KDB, again, like kind of similar. I, I jumped the gun. I got him in before like the majority of people had him. Kind of like, well, I'll get to that. But I brought him in in game week 24. I captained him in 24 and 25. He blanked in both. I was set to transfer him out. And then the City doubles got announced for game week 27. So I was like, okay, fuck. Like, I guess I'll keep Kev. And he ended up playing like a hundred minutes over both games and blanking in both. <laughs> so it's just like fuck. And then I got rid of him, and I was too bitter to bring him back in when he was actually good at the yeah. end of the season. God. Yeah, because I got him in on wildcard in thirty six, and he averaged over ten points a game for me. Yeah, I mean, it's Siggy. And I got him Siggy on my first among wildcard. the same things. Like I got him in for a while, he blanked forever. I got rid of him, and then he, two months of scoring every week. Yeah. It was like that happened to me several times this year, but. 
what I was going to say is like, I feel like one of the blunders I made in both of those is it kind of like an American sports fantasy mistake where like I'm thinking that getting a guy before he's actually fit or before he hits any form is like a significant advantage as it would be in an American sport fantasy football or something, you know? Whereas yeah, like because no one else can have him, because so no one else can have him. But in FPL, it's like different. not really ever worth bringing in a guy who's like not in form or just off yeah, injury, and you don't really know how they're going to be. Because like absolute worst case scenario, they get like a double digit haul, and like when no one owns him, one percent of people own him. Yeah, and then you just bring him in. Yep. And so that was that was my takeaway from both of those scenarios because. In both cases, Kane off injury and KDB, when no one had him, I brought him in before anyone, and it did nothing for me, and then yeah. ended up hurting me later. Yeah, that's a tough one, especially yeah. when you're playing in a premium bracket, too. I mean, it's one thing if you're taking a risk on the fringe of your squad, but if you're getting someone like KDB when other people have, you know, the Ollie and Hazard, Hazard world, Alexis, like, yeah, yeah. and I captained these guys, too. Yeah, yeah, it's, so it's double. So it's like, yeah, the, I both of those periods, I just plummeted and just like pretty much ruined my season okay that's interesting yeah Yeah. that's a good takeaway though yeah why don't we finish up looking towards next season i think that's enough dithering and whining about this year Um, yeah we've talked talked a lot about we've talked it to death for for all other questions you sent in and fans in general yeah it's been a great season it's been a great season i mean had a lot of enjoyment interacting with you guys through email twitter keep it up throughout the uh, as as the next season gets released in July and everything. Yeah, and we'll you know, do more we'll, shit next season. We'll do yeah, maybe we're gonna some work on some stuff. Merch, work on shit. There's gonna be another fireside chat in like a week with Walsh and Anton Johansson and uh, yeah, you're bad. All right, so next season, um, I know we don't have prices yet, but obviously already thinking kind of about who I'm looking at under the radar type picks. What do you maybe a, a goalie? I jotted some names down, so I'll, I'll kind of lead this, and you could tell me what you think. But the, at goalie, I'm a little concerned that Heaton's going to be at five five. What do you do? You think he's going to come in at five five next year? I don't know. Five five. I think he'll be five five again. Yeah, I, mean, I don't five, think they don't make goalies five five unless they're like a top six team. I feel like I know, but it's just the two years that the last two years Heaton's been in the Premier League, he's led all goalies in points. It's yeah. hard. You, yeah, you think, the I mean, if he's in, a, of that is tough. Yeah. If he's in at five, that's going to be simple. But the other two I'm looking at are Butlin and Flappy Ends. Yeah, Butlin could come in way undervalued because yeah, four, he could be. He should be four five. Yeah, I mean he he should be five, but he so? might be four five. Unspoke, yeah, I mean, keep enough cleans to be worth five. I think so because, like, you just look at Lee Grant. He was so good in that period, and you just that's think true. like if Butlin played all season. And wasn't just like injured and price dropping and shit. And even at the end of the season, I Butlin came in, got two cleans, one of them a fucking double digit haul with two bones. Like, yeah, I, don't know. I think I, yeah, that's 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 fair. If he's at five, that would probably be appropriate. But but if he's four I mean, or five, that, that's four, a fucking incredible pick. Yeah, four or five. It's got you got to kind of find that four or five guy guess. But it's still going to be tough if Heaton's five. I think to not just put him in and forget about it. And yeah, Heaton almost Robinson you just like almost have to get him. It's just like yeah, it's, this, we. This was when I got him. I immediately started just rolling in goalkeeping points. I didn't have when him I didn't on here, him. and he yeah, just he was incredible. He's just there's no other guy. I mean, I guess Kane, but there's real rarely anyone else in the league who you can just almost. Set and forget and be like he's gonna be the highest scoring player at this position. Yeah, I mean Kane. When I think back to like the preseason pods, I remember remember I didn't have Ibra at one point in preseason. Yeah, and I had I remember I had Kane and I was like I mean like yeah Ibra's good but like Kane's back to back golden boots like Ibra's not gonna outscore him and then he fucking back to back to back golden boots and fuck yeah 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 um, but I mean I guess goal is kind of dull and then. Defense also, I don't know, I, I don't really have much to th- say about defense yet because it's so dependent on prices, right? Yeah, the prices and like the wingback syndrome. Classification. <laughs> like I know Cahill finished with more points than Alonzo, but Alonzo didn't start the first like four games of the season or something. And they didn't switch to three five two until like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think Cahill's goal scoring is like sustainable. Yeah, that also is 
tends to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, goal, like when you look at stats, headed shots are the worst way to score goals. Right. They're like the least consistent returning goals. So uh, it, you, it rare, rarely ever happens that like a center back who gets like seven goals or something does it again next year. Yeah, it's they come out of nowhere. They like just McCauley, come out of nowhere. I mean, they, it's like you you get lucky on it, or you just hit it. Like Terry, a couple of years ago, had a bunch of goals. Yeah, the ball it's, just you like finds it. your head one season, and then next season you get one goal. It's yeah, weird. It's, you can't really. I mean, look at Toby this year. Did he? He didn't score a goal all, all year, did he? In the league, I don't think he had a goal. Oh no, he had a a goal with his feet against Hull in the seven one in the last game of the season. Oh, uh, fine, okay. but no, like but, legit know. header. Yeah, yeah. Festival I mean, like two two seasons ago, how many double digit games did Toby get with a goal and a Clinton? Like he was doing that all the time. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I think we'll have to see prices. But you know, someone like Trippier could be in tri- Trippier, whatever the fuck you say his name could be interesting. <laughs> um, we'll have to see who people maybe, buy. Maybe but, like, Coleman will sneak in because five five or something. Uh, yeah, like five and being injured or or VVD yeah. Van Fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have to see. But midfield is where I I've got like. Guys, I want. You've got guys that you like. Yeah. So, I mean, first one is uh, Paul. I think Paul priced right could be a really good option because his underlying stats were so good, and so good. But will he ever be priced normally? I just, he I mean, just he has should this be priced stigma of like he's the most expensive player in the world on Manchester United. I, know, I, don't, I feel he, like he'll never get priced fairly. He should be seven five this season. Like I mean, he should honestly be like him. six five or seven. Like his yeah. his position and stuff. Like it's not seven fair, five at the most. Yeah, his, seven, five his returns most. his returns were not better than that. So I mean, if he's seven five or under, I think he's an interesting one because realistically, he could have had eight more assists than he had. I mean, there he created so many chances, this and year. he hit and the post like yeah, he hit the post a, a bunch of times. Million so. times. I mean, again, these midfielders I'm, I got jotted down are players I'm expecting to come in a little bit under market because I don't need to write down like Ericsson and Ollie because they're fucking great. They're and incredible everyone and who's they're going to be 10. Yeah, everyone is going to be 10. Like We're just going to have to t- look at the fixtures, flip a coin, and hopefully we get lucky. But um, So Paul's someone I'm definitely interested to see the price for him. Um, I think Arnautovic also is someone that could fall yeah. even further under the radar. I mean, he was 7-5 this year, and... He didn't really do it, even though he did have a few bright games. But I don't know if they're going to keep Hughes or not. But if he's at like seven or something, I yeah, think he, he could, could be, be. He could be tasty. He could be a good one. I'm also very interested in Balassi. He yeah, could be. I forgot. He, he was, could be. He had a great little spell there. He always does. I mean, he's he, his thing is he's going to assist. He's going to get you assists. So he was returning pretty okay earlier this season. But if he comes in at like five five. Or whatever off the injury, I don't know. He could be a really nice bargain, I think, to slot in. Mm-hmm. Um, got it. I think Siggy's also someone. When you look at every year, it's just is he really going to be priced over eight? Like if he's eight or something, I think that's just you're still in the gold territory because every single year that he's fit, he finishes up in the top five re- region of yeah. Of the consistency midfield points. is pretty silly to be honest. Yeah. So even though he's not, you know, an explosive, sexy option, if if he ticks in just under that premium bracket, like at eight, that could be a nice, just kind of little point point flow. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then Lanzini, I'm excited about next year. I yeah, think. Yeah, I'm definitely gotta, excited gotta, about Lanzini. Yeah, because if he's going to be getting that free roll number ten, and he's probably going to be on pens. Hopefully, they stop playing Mark Noble. Um, if he, what do you think? He'll be more like at seven. Do you think he'll be over seven? I don't think he can be over seven. He had a pretty okay. quiet year in West Ham or had a really Maybe bad five. year. Sometimes they price those guys. Like this year, there were a lot of 7 5 price guys of guys were. who like were kind of these types of players. Yeah, it was kind of um, unfair. Yeah, yeah. They were priced too highly and then they priced themselves out of for a lot of us. Yeah, and a lot no of them, one, like Arnaldovich, no yeah. yeah. Yeah, they finished with some price drops and no one had them. Um, I'm interested about Cazorla next year, too, I think. Like, I always love I think. Yeah, I mean, I think in that 3 5 2, he could probably. Do some really nice things. He can the, do nice things no matter the no matter what, and he's on pens and everything. Like yeah, yeah. I he, mean they they great. always get six or so pens a year. I mean they're not going to have Alexis missing them anymore if he's on the pitch. So he could be a good one. And then the last guy I jotted down is Mares. I don't know what he's going to be priced at, but I don't know where he's going to be priced or what team if he's, he's going to be. be at, on. Yeah, if he stays at Leicester and they keep Shakespeare and they kind of keep the majority of that side, the way that he finished up the season looked like. 
yeah. you know, last season. And yeah, he looked fucking good. I think he should probably max out at seven five based on how poor he was this year. Um mm-hmm. that could be could that be a good could one. be a really good one. And I He's on just, just one guy to tack on is uh Wijnaldum, who I know we texted yeah. about a little bit. He took a really long time to bet in at Liverpool and he wasn't starting and he wasn't scoring or anything, but Second half of the season, I mean, all of his goals are at home. <laughs> he has yeah, this weird extreme. fucking thing where he cannot possibly score away from home at Newcastle extreme. either. But second half of the season, he, he he didn't match his value at 7-5, but he scored mm-hmm. some goals. And if he takes a big price decrease to like 6 or something, because he kind of plays deep-lying midfielder, he's not like – they expected him to be like, Number ten or like one of the front three, then maybe he could he could come in. Yeah, I think if he's somewhere in that six region, yeah, six five. I don't it know. Could it's, be, it could be good there. Yeah, he could be good. It's still tough to get someone who plays you know in the midfield three versus like some guys who are a little more far forward. But yeah, yeah, he could be good. And then I guess like City also is going to be a nightmare. Who which City midfielders to pick? Pep rotation like is going to be all time high. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult. So I don't know. We're going to have to have like an individual pod just for City when the game comes yeah, out. Yeah, City's going to be brutal. Closes. Yeah, and whoever then, I mean, whoever City gets a goalie or like defense or something, I think I'm going to be interested next year. I yeah, just well, they they tightened up a lot to end, end the year, and Bravo was fucking horrible. And yeah, like I they had they a were bunch of cleans to end the season. I mean, pretty much when company came back. Yeah, well, they have seventy five percent possession every game. That's like, what I'm, That's to, why we yeah, all they, have no, stones. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. But I saw they were linked to that, like some child on Porto mm. or something at Everson or Ederson or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or maybe Fuckford. Kill for Fuckford. Um, but that's it for midfield. Do you have any others besides Genie? Mm. Not so many others that like yeah. spring to mind, other than my shout for last week, which was Stanislaus. Yeah, Stan. I mean, Stan underratedly still great points per minute this year. He had an incredible year, and he finished yeah, the, finished the year with three straight games with a goal. He I just wonder, he that weird period where he like got benched, and then we found out he was injured, and he missed two months. It was like. Something shady was happening, but he was really good right before that, and then he was really good after that. Yeah, I wonder if they, when they brought him back, he was still injured because he always seems like one of their better players when he plays. But he was on the bench and shit; like he wasn't starting. I don't know. He just had like if you look at his game log, it's crazy. It's like game week six through eight, he had goals and assists, then Hall two goals, two assists, then dead. And then, like, game weeks 19 through 21, he had two assists and a goal, and then ended the season with three straight goals. Yeah, he's good. He's good. I mean, Bournemouth are weird because they're affordable, but they're going to score, like, the seventh most amount of goals in the league, sixth or yeah, seventh. Def- yeah, Defoe next year, I don't know. Defoe might be good again. Defoe might be really good, yeah. He'll be on pens. That, there goes our three five two. Yeah, right. Um <laughs> On to strike. I mean, the only two other names I jotted down that I think will be cheap and maybe and I, I like Dwight Gale. You know, I always have liked. Dwight yeah, Gale. Gale could be good. I and wonder then, if they'll like buy because Newcastle's a big team. Yeah, they should buy. They should be able to buy. And I mean, if they they need someone for Gale to play with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen so many games of Dwight Gale when he was with Palace and. For however many goals he scored in the championship, he cannot play as lone striker. So if I mean if he's going to be lone striker for them, then that's not going to fly. If they're in like a four four one one or something like that, he's just going to be worthless. But if they do play positively and they get someone bigger, I think Gale could be a really good option. And then I still think Andre Gray is there's something in him. He's good. I think he's a player. He's just good. And I don't. He's just a good player. I I feel like he needs to just move because. He wants to play Vokes and like Ashley Barnes and like do Sean Deitch things. Then it would have been cool if Bournemouth bought someone like Gray instead of Defoe. Yeah, someone younger. Yeah, like obviously Defoe's better and more proven, but yeah, like better now. Gray is Not fucking good. Burnley are just so negative that he doesn't really get a chance. But yeah, yeah, I like the Gray shot. Um, honestly, Chaz you know, Austin. I mean, like 
he tormented all of us all year. We all brought him in, and then he died. But And he's going to die at some point next year, too. He dies every year. But he's very, very fucking good. And, like, with his death and, therefore, season totals always kind of bad, they'll never price him over, like, 6'5", I feel like. Yeah, like 6'5", 7", or something so like that. So he's like, I wonder... if he starts the season fit, he's a good pick. Yeah, and I wonder if... Gabby Adini might not be a lot better too if he's playing with Austin. And yeah, the, that would the be focal lethal. Point. They would actually score goals at home this year, which yeah. would be weird. As long as Puel's not managing them, they might score. But yeah, there could be some South- Southampton always has you know value because they're always a tough team with how much turnover they have. You never know what they're going to be. Yeah, and they're not priced like a top team, but they're always like the sixth or seventh best team. Yeah, sort of similar to like Everton, I'd say, and yeah. you know those are a couple teams that we always try and find some value. And in, Lucas Perez, I think, could be huge next year. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if Lucas Perez is priced right, you, ca- if Lucas you gotta Perez have is a price piece. three million. I'll bring him in next year. <laughs> uh, so that is that it for us? Are we are we off? I guess we're off. I just I am bummed off. that Marco Silva is going to Watford. I just remembered as I'm like scrolling through cheap forwards because I I hate Watford. <laughs> I'm not going to hate them as much with Silva. Though, well, I that's like, why like I don't like that he's there because I like him. I'm but like nervous about who they're a bunch of fucking no scumbags. I do not like Watford. Yeah, I like Yanmot. Yeah, I used to like Holobos. He pretty yeah, much made it now. impossible to like this year. Yeah. Deeney is just like a fat fucking asshole. Drake. <laughs> he is. He's Correct. like a Carrera. piece of shit. I like Niang, I but he won't I be there Carrera. next year. No, My favorite player on Watford, Okaka. Uh, Stefano the Ledge. Stefano, get him. Yeah. He's like a good Vokes. Give me Okaka at 4 or 5 next year. Give me Okaka on West Brom, and he'll score... Oh. 11 goals. Yeah, if he was playing in the position of Rondon all season and yeah. getting the kind of chances that he did. Yeah. Okaka. Um, so the game comes out July. What are we going to do? Do you want to do one in July and go over pl- prices and shit? Yeah, I think we'll is have that when to. We're gonna be, mean, is that when we're resurfacing? Yeah, I think we'll resurface mid-July with a bunch of preseason pods like Maybe some fireside chats with some promoted teams, and okay. we'll maybe get some producer Nate, some guest Jason, some Derek. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it. Other than the fireside chat in a week from now, that's it for a little bit. Our yeah, first ever we'll break, basically. Yeah, we'll be off for June for sure. Um, and let us know if you guys have any interesting suggestions for what you want us to do for preseason pods we're all ears because oh yeah definitely every you know this was our second season done this year and we're always trying to mix things up and improve the show and make the content more engaging or more helpful for you guys so if there's something you want to know about or if you kind of think of a unique take on how we might be able to do some intros for the season just hit us up on email or Twitter or whatever, we'd love to love to hear some ideas. Love to, and maybe we'll maybe we'll get a little Ari remixing his own theme music. Do some new theme music next year. Oh, could do new theme music. Could could freshen it up. I'm getting excited at that idea. <laughs> yeah, it could be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for a great second season, all you guys who've been tuning in. We've loved potting, loved the interactions with you guys, and we uh, hope the off season finds you well. And we'll be here. And we'll we'll see you season next season. See you there. Check us out. FMLPL.com. Follow on Twitter at FMLPL. Email us FMLPL at gmail.com. Like on Facebook right now. Yeah.